0: At gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. Good evening. Take your Bibles, go to Psalm 106 tonight, if you would please. Psalm 106, it is a joy to be with you. We've been in Fairmont for four and a half years. As an interim, I think I'm an interim. But anyway, it's good to be here back with you. We'll be back uh, around Christmas time and uh, part of January, and then uh, we'll see how it goes in Fairmont. But we are looking for, uh, we do have a prospect, so just be praying about that if you would please. We would appreciate that. But I want to speak on this psalm tonight. I changed my message. It's still the Thanksgiving season, is it not? All right. All year long is Thanksgiving season, but we know what we're talking about. Thanksgiving Day. This is a psalm of thanksgiving. I'm going to have you to remain seated. I'm not going to read through the whole thing. I'll read through it as we go along and look at it. But this psalm is an outpouring of thanksgiving from a heart of a man that is full. It was no doubt probably David. Some uh, uh, questioned that because of the content. Some believe it's a uh, a, a post-exile psalm from someone who was in the captivity and came back, but many would say it's probably David, and some believe that he wrote this in his old age. And uh, his gratitude, you see his gratitude in this psalm for for God's compassion and God's grace as David had experienced that in his own life, and as God had manifested that to the nation of Israel. God remembers what we are. And we see in this psalm, and why we are frail as we are. Now, I know we have men, and men are tough, right? Invincible, right? Wrong. We're all vincible. Your health, my friend, can change like that in a moment. You can be the healthiest specimen of humanity one moment, and the next moment be in the hospital on your back looking up wondering what happened. We are frail at best, and God knows that, and God pities us as we see that in the psalm. But the psalmist celebrates God's mercy, his forgiveness of sin, his pity as a father, and his goodness to us all the time. And it is a reflection of what God said to Moses in Exodus 34, verse 6, where God said Moses wanted to see God. And God said, you can't look in my face. But here's what I'm going to do, Moses. I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock. I'll put my hand over you till I pass by, and you can see my backward side. And as the Lord passed by, he said, the Lord passed by him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. He made a proclamation as he passed by Moses just to remind Moses of who he was and what he was and what he does. There are three sections of this psalm. In the first section, verses 1 through 5, we see the personal aspect of the psalm. In verses 6 through 18, we see the national aspects to the psalm. And in the last section, verses 19 to 22, we see the universal aspect of the of the psalm as it's being written psalms if you're aware of this maybe you're not but if you're not you will be after i'm done there are actually five books to the the book of psalms there's 150 psalms but there are actually five books to the psalms those books are broken down book one verse chapter one through 41 chapter two the the second book is psalms 42 through 72 The third book is Psalm 73 through 89. The fourth book is Psalm 90 through 106, which will be in that section. And then the fifth book is 107 through 150. The section we're looking at tonight, the emphasis of this book of Psalms, is on worship. But as one man said, prostrated worship. Not just lip service, my friend, but from the heart. Worshiping God as Jesus said to worship in spirit and in truth according to His Word. We see in this psalm verses 1 through 5 a prelude, and look how it starts. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Now, what does it mean to bless the Lord? The idea of this word bless is to praise. Praise the Lord. I preached on Psalm 105. A fresh look at an old psalm. And that book is about praise, my friend. That psalm is about praise and coming into his presence with praise. When you come into this house, do you come in recognizing who you're coming in to worship? And are you coming to worship? Or are you coming out of duty, mechanical? Well, that's what we do as Christians. We go to church, right? But God in Psalm 100 is telling you how to come into His presence, enter into His gates with what? Thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. God deserves it, and God expects it. He's worthy of it because of who He is and what He is, what He has done, what He's doing, and what He's going to do. My friend, just think about what He's going to do, amen? Amen. Think back about what He's done in your life and in this world, but think of what's coming yet, my friend. You haven't seen anything yet as to what's coming. And part of it is fearful. It's called the tribulation period. But then there's the great part of it, the millennial reign of Christ and taking this world and straightening it out and turning it right-side-up. Amen? You remember they accused the early church of turning the world upside-down? No, they didn't turn it upside-down. It was already upside-down. When He came and Jesus came, He turned it right-side-up, and He showed them there is a God, and He was God. And He told them how to know God, and how to know their sins are forgiven and how to know they have eternal life, and how to know they're on their way to heaven. Do you know that tonight? Do you know that your sins are forgiven? If you don't, my friend, that's why He came. That's why He died. That's why the sacrifice on the cross we heard about this morning was to take care of that sin issue. Because, friend, if you don't take care of it and put it under the blood of Christ, the day will come you'll regret that because you'll have to pay for that sin yourself, and it's in a place you don't want to go to, believe me. There is a hell, and there is a lake of fire. And if you don't deal with your sin while you're alive, you will deal with it for eternity. So we see here the prelude, and it begins by saying, Praise the Lord, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all, notice, all. That word you'll notice in the prelude about four different times. All that is within me. This this blessing of God, this praise of the Lord, is to come from the heart, not just from the lips. Your heart. So, the heart, if you're going to bless God and praise Him, your heart has to be right with God. Amen? Not just saved and your sins forgiven. But your walk, your life, being right with God, according to His Word, walk worthy unto all pleasing, Paul said. Walk worthy of God. Walk worthy of the Lord. Our hearts, if we're right with God, if our life is in tune with Him and obedience to His Word, we'll want to praise Him, amen? But if we're not right with God, we won't. We won't have a desire to praise Him sin is a killer and if you have unresolved sin in your heart and life you're not going to come in here wanting to praise God but you ought to be wanting to get right with God amen and if you don't it's going to be a rough road my friend David said all that is within me bless God bless the Lord have you ever been in a service where the preaching's going on and you just want to say amen but you're subdued. I mean, what would people think? If I got blessed and said, praise the Lord, well, somebody would think you're nuts. We just don't do that in the service. Amen? Amen? amen. Well, you shouldn't be amening that. <laughs> you ought to be praising the Lord. Down south, they do it. They're vocal. You go to a black church, they're vocal. They talk to the preacher, amen, while he's preaching. They get into the message with you. They're all in. And sometimes we Baptists, we're all settled down. And uh, we just don't do certain things. But my friend, if God blesses your heart in a service, there's nothing wrong with saying, Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, if it's from the heart. And it's truly God blessing you. It's interesting, when you look at the book of Psalms, the five books, there's always a preface psalm, that's the first one. There's always a doxology psalm, that's the last psalm of each section, each book. So the preface sets the stage for what's going to be written about and covered in each of the books. The doxology closes it out. But the whole book of Psalms has a preface and a doxology. The preface psalm is Psalm number one it starts out with god doing what blessing man blessed is the man blessed is the man but the psalms ends with the doxology psalm psalm 150 and who's doing the blessing and the praising there it's not god he's instructing all people everything praise the lord So it begins with God blessing man. It ends with man blessing God. Amen. And this psalm is about us blessing God, of praising Him and adoring Him for who and what He is. Now notice in verse 2, He said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not. We're such forgetful creatures, aren't we? Or am I alone up here? (laughs) I know you are, because you're humans. We forget. And so the psalmist saying, don't forget. Don't forget what? All his benefits. And as we look throughout this psalm, he's going to give you many of the benefits of God to us, his people. In fact, back in Psalm 68 and verse 19, We're to praise the Lord because He daily loadeth. Are you listening? Daily loadeth us with benefits. Have you given any thought today what the benefits that God has loaded you with today? Daily. We take things for granted, don't we? We take God for granted. We take His Word for granted. We take His church for granted. We take His service for granted. My friend, God wants you to get with the program. Amen? Recognize daily God has loaded you with benefits. The very fact that you woke up this morning and was able to get out of bed and shower, I trust you did, and put on your deodorant. Amen? Your aftershave, uh, you men, not women, perfume for the women. And you got ready to come. How did you do that? Well, I just did it. No, excuse me. God enabled you to do that. He gives you life and breath and health. And if he didn't, my friend, you wouldn't be here tonight. Paul said to those so-called brains on Mars Hill, he said, I'm going to tell you something. In God, in Him, we live, we move, and we have our being. And if it wasn't for God, we wouldn't be moving, we wouldn't be living, and there would be no being. Amen? It's God. And we take that all for granted. But, oh, you let something go wrong. Oh, we're quick to complain about that. Amen? Why? Lord, why does it happen to me? I've had some tremendous... Traumatic physical things happen to me. But I've never questioned God as to why does this happen. I have asked the question, uh, have I done something wrong? Is there sin in my life not confessed? Is there something I need to do about this? But I'm not questioning God as to why he allowed it to happen. I just want to know, is there something in my life that needs to be made right? Amen. I was in a car accident, T-bones. I thought it was it. I thought it was it, but I was able to sit back up, get my breath. I was gasping, and the the car shoved that door into my ca- rib cage and broke three ribs, partially collapsed a lung. I was in pain. But I sat there thinking I had plenty of time to think because we were working with the volunteer fire department. If you're working with the volunteer fire department, you got to wait till they get there, right? And they have to be called and they have to get there and get the, get the, the you know, and, and get to you. So I had a lot of time to think. And I sat there thinking about, hmm, Lord, is there a sin that I've not confessed? Is there something I've done wrong? Don't you wonder those things? Or am I alone? <laughs> you start thinking. I had plenty of time to think. In fact, I had three days to think in the hospital. But I'm going to tell you something. That experience in that hospital, I wouldn't trade for anything because I had one of the the greatest senses of the presence of God that I've ever experienced was in that hospital. And I knew he was with me. The answer came to me. I was laid up for a month. The answer came to me when I received a magazine from uh, the school I attended. It was written by Morris Betrie's son-in-law. Is it... Chastisement, or is it testing? And I read that article, and I know God sent it just for me. And after I read that article, I had my answer. God wasn't chastening, God was putting me to the test. I'm going to tell you, folks, God will test you with a trial to see how you'll respond, see what your attitude and your spirit is, see how you handle that. Do you turn to Him or do you turn against Him? Some people get angry with God, get upset instead of just surrendering and yielding and let God show you what He's doing in your life. You may not really ever understand completely why, but God is doing something in your life, amen, as He always does. So we see the prelude here, and He says, don't uh, bless the Lord on my soul. And don't forget any of his benefits in Psalm 116, verse 13, the third verse in the Psalms that deals with benefits. The psalmist says, what can I do for the Lord, for all his benefits he's given to me? That's a good question, amen? What can I do for him who has done so much for me, for you? Or did we just sit on it? I like that message this morning. I think it was a great challenge. We've been saved to serve. Did you know that? We have not been saved to sit. Unless you're in a service. Listening to the word of God. You've been saved to serve. And as Paul said in Colossians chapter 3. Whatever you do, do it heartily unto the Lord. And not unto men. Knowing that you serve the Lord Christ. We're serving the Lord Jesus Christ, the greatest master that ever lived. And he saved you, and you belong to him, and he saved you to serve. Remember Ephesians chapter 2, 8, 9, and 10. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. He has created us unto good works. Psalm, or er, ephesians 210 says we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works to serve him oh listen if your heart's right with God you love to serve him you don't you don't think it's a drudgery you don't think it's taking your time from things that you really want to do you really ought to want to serve him amen If you know Christ, if you're right with Him, you want to serve Him. You want to to please Him. You want to do the will of God in your life. But let's look at these uh, down through the next section here. And we see here, that's the personal. He says in verse 3, God forgiveth all thine iniquities, all your sins, and healeth all thy diseases. He redeemeth thy life from destruction crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, good things. God is always good, all the time. He satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The eagle's an awesome bird, isn't it? You ever watch him? You say, I hardly ever see one. Well, I have pulled up on YouTube and watched eagles, especially as they're taking down their prey. They're one bird not to mess with. In fact, I saw one actually pick up a child out of a yard and actually got it up about 10 feet off the ground and then dropped it, a little too heavy a load. I thought, what in the world would a, an eagle want to take a child? Well, he was hungry. And they uh, go after their prey, but they're strong on their wings of flight. And God says, I will satisfy your mouth with good things, and thy youth is renewed like the eagles. God gives you strength. I preached a message back in the summer at the Wings of Eagles uh, up at the, uh, oh, what is that place? Oshkosh Air Show. And... Uh, I preached on eagles wings and sometimes God bears us up on eagles wings he says but sometimes God mounts us up on wings sometimes God does the bearing sometimes God enables you so that you mount up like an eagle the wings of an eagle and fly someone said how can I fly like an eagle when I work down here with turkeys (laughs) well turkeys fly too you know They just don't go near as high as an eagle, (laughs) but they can fly. In fact, I saw a flock going over here, uh, over in West Virginia, and I kept looking at those birds. I think it was on the interstate, and I'm thinking, they're funny-looking birds, and then it dawned on me, those are turkeys, wild turkeys, not tame turkeys. Tame turkeys don't fly usually, but wild turkeys can. But the eagle soars. Ever watch him? I'll tell you another bird that soars and makes it look so uh, so magnificent and easy is a buzzard. You ever watch those guys? They soar like an eagle too, but they're no match for an eagle. But God will renew your strength like an eagle. Let's press on. I feel like an Egyptian mummy. I'm pressed for time here, but let's move on. And let's go down to the second part of the psalm, verses 6 to 18. Here we see the principal part of the psalm. In verses 6 to 10, we see God's righteousness mentioned. It says, The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known His ways unto Moses, His acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger. And we better thank God He is. But if you'll notice in just a moment the lord is merciful gracious slow to anger and plenteous in mercy but he will not always chide neither will he keep his anger forever god just wants you to know you can reach a point where you will rile his anger but he is slow to anger How, how about you you quick to anger anger rests in the bosom of fools proverbs says Control your anger. Be angry and sin not. But God is very slow to anger. He's very, very long-suffering. Verse 10, He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Thank God. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor has He rewarded us According to our iniquities God is very gracious my friend do you know him tonight do you love him you realize how good he is to you the world has no thought for him for the most part but a lot of Christians don't really thank God for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men and we are told in Psalm 137 four times to do that. Thank God. Praise Him for His goodness and His wonderful works to the children of men. God is good. Amen? Amen. All the time. He's never bad or evil. The third section, or the next section of the, this uh, principal part of the Psalm, is verses 11 to 14. It majors on God's mercy. In verse 11, For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, and so far hath He removed our transgressions from us. And the question is, okay, how far is it from east to west? And the answer is, there's no distance. You're either going east or you're going west. And never the twain shall meet. Right? You say, well, if you go around the globe, well, you just keep going the same direction, right? If you're going east, you keep going east. But if you turn around, you go. Let's see, which way am I going here? (laughs) Anyway, if you turn around, you're going west all the time. What he's saying is your sins are gone. So why do you keep bringing them up? They're in the past. And Paul said. Forgetting those things which are behind, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What's done is done. Can't be undone. But if there's needs of granting forgiveness or seeking forgiveness, get it done and move on and put the past where it belongs, behind you, and press on to the day you're going to meet Christ. Either in death or at the rapture and resurrection. But you're going to meet him. Rest assured of that. You're going to meet him face to face. Thank God he has taken our sins away and removed our transgressions from us. Verse 13: Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dirt. Is that what it says? dust well what's dust <laughs> I said to my "How well, the houses get so dirty inside when nobody's living there where does all this dirt and dust come from well in your bedroom that's you somebody said you want to know where you've gone look under your bed we shed skin all the time I know this is just startling to you But that's where a lot of this dust is. You're shedding. Your skin is dying all the time and replenishing itself. How many of you knew that? You get in a shower, you lose part of yourself. Don't worry, it'll come back. You wash it off and start over again. He said you're dust. From dust to dust. You're from the ground and that's where you're going back to. If you die. Your body's going back where it came from. God created us from the ground. We're nothing but dirt pots. Dirt vessels. And one day, if we die, that old vessel is going to rot and go back where it came from. I know that's encouraging. Amen? But that's not you. That's not you. The real you is the spirit that's going out to meet God. And if you're saved, you will spend eternity with him. But if you're not, You'll spend eternity separated from him in a place, as I said before, you don't want to go to. Amen. Let's hurry on. Verse 15 As for man, his days are as grass, as the flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passes over it and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children. Verse 18, to such as keep his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them. Then we come to the third section, the predominance of God's sovereignty, verses 19 to 22. In verse 19, we see his rule. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens and his kingdom ruleth over all. Let me repeat that. His kingdom ruleth over all. And these men who think they have us by the tail, With their actions, as wicked and vile as many of them are, the day's coming, they're going to find out who's ruling, and it's not them. And the only reason they're in place is because God has ordained governments. But they will answer for how they're ruling. Believe me. Ask Hitler. In verse 20, bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of the word. So we see his ministers, which are angels. Bless the Lord, all ye that uh, uh, ye his hosts, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. If we were to go back to over to Hebrews chapter 1, he calls them his ministers, angels, and they do his bidding. And in verse 22, as it closes, we see his dominion. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. God dominates everywhere. God's dominion is everywhere. God rules over everyone and everything. As Daniel said, he rules over the affairs of men. And men often take the credit for what's going on and what they're doing. And God's saying, that's okay. You can go ahead and take the credit. But you're going to find out. It's not you. Anything that's going on, God's either doing it or allowing it. But He always has a purpose. Always. In your life, in your family, in a church, in a country, in a government, God has a purpose. And His purpose is going to be accomplished. You can bank on it. And His will is going to be done. No matter what you think, what you want God's going to have his way and he's going to work his will and those who deny him who hate him who shake the fist in his face are going to find out one day God ruleth over all and his dominion is everywhere now notice how the psalm ends it ends as it begins it said in the beginning bless the Lord O my soul And it ends with this again. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And this psalm gives you plenty of reasons why you should be praising God. I trust you are. And if you're not, I have to ask you a question. What is wrong between you and your God? What's wrong in your heart toward God? Because there's obviously something wrong. If you're not saved, the fact is, You've never had your sins forgiven. And God is not blessing you and He's not going to until you get saved. But if you're a Christian and He's not blessing you, it's because of obviously disobedience in your life and their sin unconfessed, not dealt with. And He's waiting for you to turn to Him and get it right. And my friend, I would counsel you. Do it and do it quickly. Father, thank You for this psalm. Thank you for the message of it. Thank you for your word. God help us tonight to be a people who have a clean heart and a clear conscience and who love God and want to do his will and have his will done in us. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To learn more about Grace Baptist or how to have eternal life, visit GraceKettering.org. And remember, you are always welcome at Grace Baptist Church.